Welcome to Growing Up Boomer. I'm your host, Padre, with my co-host, Cotton. And this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted, and sometimes we'll go down rabbit holes, and where it leads us to, one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey, Cotton, you know what we got to talk about today? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Amen to that, man. That's part a big part of the 60s. Now, oh, yeah. This is going to be one of the shortest ones that we've ever done. Okay. Now, the reason why that is because, as you know, I didn't even talk to girls until like senior year in high school, and it was in the middle of it. So as far as sexual exploits, there ain't none here. There, <laughs> there right. you go. Why do you think they call me Prodre? Okay. Is because every time I went to a party, after high school, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't use drugs, and I didn't swear. Yep, yep. <laughs> and that's where I got the nickname Padre, is because I never did anything. <laughs> They're going like, nobody wants to get stoned alone, Joe. And I say, hey, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what got me, I didn't even smoke, and what got me off smoking, first of all, mm-hmm. my dad smoked, okay? All right? Uh-oh. And, you know, I did not have a good uh, school experience. And it started when I just got to the bus stop. They would pick on me on the bus stop. And one day, they forced me to smoke a cigarette. And I'd never got so (laughs) sick in my entire life. Oh, man. Ever since then, I walked to school. I refused to go down to the bus stop. You know, I tell them, okay, I'm going going to school. And uh, the the school is only two miles away. So I just Mm walked to school every day. Yeah. In the sleet, in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In L.A., right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, we, we walked we walked to grammar school all the time, too. It was about a mile for uh, us. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was nothing. I mean, now we, we give kids a ride, and it's only like a block away. <laughs> I know. I, 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 we, treat, we treat our kids really nice. And the grandkids, oh, yeah. You know what I always, yeah. you know what I always tell my wife is, why couldn't we have been grandparents first? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, getting back to this, you know, the thing about baby boomers and about sex, drugs, and rock and roll is kind Mm -hmm. of defines the baby boomers, or at least that's what it kind of does in the history books. But in reality, the problem with the baby boomers, if you look at all generations before that, is they had their, shall we say, sowing their wild oats, but then they become adults. I mean, they completely change. The yep. baby boomers never became adults. <laughs> we still be screwing around, you know? I mean, we're in our, like I told you before, like that story with my son. Son, I know people who are in their 40s and they're not adults. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, it's so funny. And we're talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. My only, shall we say, venture into the part of sex that I remember. Mm-hmm was sex yep. education in, in high school. That was it. Oh, really? Yeah. See, we had to learn it on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? I could hardly talk to anybody. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And it was so funny. They basically talked about the construction, not the foundation, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and on the street, they talked about the foundation. And guess who taught it in our school? Because this was a, it was on my senior year, and I guess they had just started it. Guess who taught it in our school? Who? The gym coach. Oh, great. 
Great. <laughs> and it was like part of the gym class. Like once a week, instead of getting dressed up for gym, we'd have to sit on the bleachers. And this guy had a chalkboard and he's telling us about the fallopian tubes and stuff like that. And he's drawing it on a board. Now, this is a gym coach, not an artist. <laughs> so yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> you know, so we'd have to draw it on the board and we'd have our little handouts and oh, it was a mess. <laughs> that was my whole experience there, right? What, what do you what do you mean by mess? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it was so funny. Let me tell you how uh, how safe I was. OK, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that most of the dates that I had after high school mm -hmm. were my buddy's sisters. Oh, really? Yes, indeed. And? And they didn't mind because they knew that I was pretty safe. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would take them to dinner. They have a nice car. I'd go to a movie. And they knew I wouldn't expect anything. Okay. Because we had friends, you know, you're talking about their sexual exploits. And they were just such men and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't offer anything to the conversation. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness for marriage. That's all I can tell you. I would have probably been a padre. If it wasn't for marriage. <laughs> and a good one at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we talk about the drug culture in uh, baby boomer generation, mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of hippies, you think of the baby boomers. Yep. I'm going to ask you a question. What okay. do you believe was a percentage of the population that was hippies? Oh, very minimal. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine it made it on the chart. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Point two, not even a percent of the population yeah. at the height of hippiedom, <laughs> so right. to speak, was a hundred thousand. Yeah, mm -hmm. hippiedom <laughs> was about a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, but yet they get most of the credit. You look at the documentaries today, and you think we were all hippies in the sixties. Oh yeah, and, I know. Yeah, and the minuscule amount of people, and they probably all went to Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the other thing is gangs are the same way. Within the neighborhood themselves, the gang population is a very, very small percentage. It just, they rule the roost. and that's They carry it. guns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and when you're looking at the uh, drug culture, like in the 50s, basically it was jazz musicians. Uh, they used to come, remember the beatniks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that was the beat generation, again. They were the forerunners to the hippies. Urban legend has it that that's where the Beatles got their name. It's from oh, the really? Nets. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not spelled like a regular Beatle. It's spelled like a beat and L-E-L-E-S. So that's kind huh. of like, that's the urban legend is where they got their names because mm -hmm. they were like beat necks. So they're beat yeah. so. Remember? Do you remember Maynard Krebs? Maynard G. Krebs? God. On the Dobie, Dobie Gillis show. That was it. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, Dobie Gillis. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. And... Mm -hmm. And Maynard was yes. Gilligan. He was Gilligan. And, Gilligan, uh, Gilligan, that's Bob. right. He was <laughs> Gilligan. On. And that's another episode that we're going to have to go over is the TV shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> wonderful, wonderful TV shows. But the funny mm -hmm. thing is, is that always the baby boomer generation or follow generations before the baby boomers kind of experimented with drugs and things like that. But once they became adults, they gave it up, not yeah. the baby boomers. Because I have an interesting thing for you. For okay. instance, marijuana, all right, from mm -hmm. 1965 to 1975 increased by 400%. Wow. You know, LSD or hallucinogens, right, mm -hmm. up 800%. Really? Yes. Cocaine, cocaine was just 
uh, introduced, even though it had been around for years, it really started just getting into the 60s, up 2,300% between that time. Yeah. Also, heroin was introduced. And so you look at the drug issues now, it started way back then. We just never gave it up. We just never said, okay, we're adult enough. We don't need this stuff. It just continued. When you look at sex and you look at um, the drug culture, we brought that in. That was us. No one else. Uh, When you look at, for instance, um, out of wedlock, almost Mm -hmm. minuscule, single digits in the 50s. Today, it's 40% of all births are out of wedlock. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, and then again, a lot of it has to do with uh, cohabitation, because that's big too now. In other words, you just don't get married, they just cohabitate, you know? Yep. And same with divorces, a lot higher than it was back. Yeah. Did a lot of good things, but we also kind of screwed up things, uh, <laughs> you know? And get this, uh, sometimes the government does stuff, they do something and it affects something else. For instance, in the Civil War, they, they had morphine, that's when it really started, was morphine in the really? Civil War. I yes. Did. Wow, I didn't know that. But <laughs> an estimated 400,000 soldiers at the end were addicted to morphine. Again, they didn't want to make addicts. They were just giving this uh, to the soldiers because of the pain. Wow. World War One. Guess what we gave the soldiers in World War One? Alcohol. No, no. <laughs> no. What? Cigarettes, tobacco. Oh, so they can calm their nerves when they're in the trenches. Mm -hmm. At that point in the United States, 0.5% of the people were smokers. Really? After the war, there was over 14 million people addicted to nicotine. Wow. (laughs) And you know, the the government didn't produce addicts. They were just saying, hey, these guys need this or calm them down, right? Mm -hmm. The other one was uh, uh, World War II, uh, amphetamines, speed to keep these guys awake. To keep wow. them alert. And that did it. <laughs> and that did it. You're absolutely right. Vietnam War. These guys came back and there was, you know, a lot of speed. But the big one that came back was heroin and opium addiction. All right. Really? They, yeah. Wow. At least at least 50% of all the soldiers said they had consumed marijuana and 30 and 30% of them said they used uh, opium and heroin. Wow. So things happen, but they don't mean for them to happen. Yeah. And just think of our lives. We do things not thinking what the consequences would be. And in other words, you know, uh-huh. there's, there's some, some things you, you do and then something else shoots up because of your actions. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not judging it good or bad, but I mean, those things that happen. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I knew <laughs> a lot of guys that were definitely on drugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you ran into a few. Oh, yeah. My, in fact, uh, my brother, you know, was in Vietnam. And that's when the marijuana thing, I think, came out real big out here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing that's so funny is uh, most of the guys that I knew, some of them were druggies, but other ones used to do, used to indulge in uh, alcohol. And to me, that oh, yeah. was, oh, my goodness, you should have seen some of the, these guys. I was made an area manager at two guys, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so... I'm cleaning house, but there's one guy I can't fire. Now, I don't know if he's a relative or just the store manager felt sorry for him. But mm-hmm. this dude was definitely a stoner. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if I say, if I can't get rid of this guy, I got to figure out what he can do best. And one thing this guy could do was face the department. You know what I mean by facing? You know, this mm-hmm. guy was amazing. Okay. The only thing I could not have him have him face or, or straighten up was the ceramics 
you know, ceramic. Because <laughs> he'd pick it up and he'd start going, wow, man, look at this. Because at that time, you remember, they were real shiny. And, and he'd just be, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he'd be holding it up, you know, towards the ceiling, towards the light. And he'd be going, wow, man, look at this. Look at the colors. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, look at the colors. Oh, the guy was. But he would be straightening. And if I didn't keep track of him, I would ask the crew. I said, hey, we're so-and-so. Or a stoner, we're stoner. He says, we don't know. And we looked throughout the entire store. He had straightened the entire side of that one store that was a quarter mile long. And he was in the sundries department. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, straightening up, still, still straightening up. <laughs> and everybody loved him because nobody, everybody, you know, everybody hates facing the department. Oh, yeah. This guy, that was his thing, man. Oh, he could, he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> And then there was one time, this one guy, he was real big into marijuana. I can't remember. I think his, nick, uh, his nickname was either, uh, I think his nickname was Crow. Oh. And he was always getting busted, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank goodness he never got busted while having possession of marijuana because it was a pretty stiff uh, penalty back then. But oh, yeah. Was, but he'd always come, he'd always come and he'd always tell us about it while he got busted. Well, one day he comes in and he's got this big old bruise on the side of his face. And he goes, <laughs> hey, hey, Crow, man, what, what, what's going on? And he says, well, I was at a party and uh, they got raided. And he said, and they had us all sitting down on the curb with handcuffs. We were all handcuffed. I decided to run. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. he goes, and he goes if you remember that program with uh william shatner tj hooker yeah and he would th- in, in the opening scene he would throw the knife stick and trip the guy yeah well oh, that's what he tells me he says you know that episode on tj hooker and i said yeah when he throws the uh, knife sticks and makes a guy trip and he go i go yeah that really happens <laughs> <laughs> and of course he's got his handcuffs on he can't put his hands out, so he get takes the entire asphalt, boom, right on the side of his face. <laughs> oh man! Then, then I say, hey, hey, Crow, um, you know <laughs> what were you gonna do? You're still handcuffed. If you got away, you still have handcuffs on. <laughs> well, you know, you don't think about that when you're stoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh... man! I, oh God! I had another guy one time. All righty, great guy. I mean, just a wonderful guy. He was a guy that did all my work on the car. Just mechanically inclined, but he did like to party. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He, but it was, it, when I say party, I mean, this was alcohol. His thing was beer, okay? Yeah. Comes in one day, and his face is just tore up, just bad, right? And, and wow. he tells me about this. He says, yeah, I was partying with my buddy. You know, he came from, he came from the Marines, and we were having a good time. And he was bragging about, you know, he was a boxing champ for the Marines. And wow. so, yeah. And so he says, well, we got a little drunk and we decided we we're going to jump him. Oh, <laughs> and it was, move. and he says, it was four punches, boom, 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 boom. And we're all out. Okay. I said, but what happened to your face? I said, those are not punches. Those are our scrapes. And he says, well, I fell between the tree and a cinder block wall, and my face got jammed in there. <laughs> oh, God. And I says, okay, that explains the ones that are go from, from the front of the face to the back. How about the ones that go from your cheeks to your head, the top of your head? <laughs> and he says, well, I didn't wake up, but my friends did, and they were still drunk, and they grabbed my feet and pulled me out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Always trying to help, you know? <laughs> yeah, just trying to help. Oh, and his face looked bad. Uh, oh, golly. We used to have meetings. We used to tell this uh, one guy. He'd come in, and his eyes were, they were like red. And he, he'd have sunglasses on. I said, man, don't, don't, do not, do not take off your sunglasses because you're going to bleed to death. It's like, we're just so bloodshot. Oh, I mean, and I think about this. How in the world can these guys even think this was fun? And how could they work? Yeah. How, in, the, in those days, I had mm-hmm. one manager said I had to fire this guy because he was an alcoholic. I says, really? Mm-hmm. I thought, he goes, yeah. I said, how did you find out? He says, he came in sober one day. <laughs> Didn't know who he was. Yeah. Not so. He's been drunk the entire time. <laughs> We used to we used to have parties and we'd do the uh, shotgunning of the beer. What what was that? Yeah, you'd uh, you'd get the beer and normally a twelve ounce, but we all worked our ways up to uh, sixteen ounce. <laughs> and you'd open the bottom of the beer, mm-hmm. you'd tip it up, hold it to your mouth, and then you'd flip that tab and oh. and you'd have and you'd have races that who could throw that beer down faster and. Oh. Uh, Oh. And frankly, I was uh, very good at that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. It went down fast. And you just go, whoa. And man, there was nothing like a good burp after that. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you've shotgun a beer. No. Uh, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are the days. <laughs> I'm sure you grew out of that eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably about 30 years later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know because I know your uh, wholesale uh, meetings uh, legendary. <laughs> I try not to remember those things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. They were fun days, though, mm. I tell you. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. You know, and this is, this is a killer. Remember mm-hmm. when we worked together? The VP yeah. would send me with you guys. You know, I'm not a party or anything like that. But uh-huh. he would send me with you guys because I was a designated walk. I, wa- <laughs> I had to make sure you guys got back to the hotel in one piece without getting thrown in jail. Yeah. yeah. And I did pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, never been arrested. So. Well, yeah. At least none that you can remember. Well, I was good at pointing at somebody else. So. <laughs> <laughs> or make or make sure that you you joked your way out. That's well, you know that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm telling you, I'm sure you knew a lot of guys that, that were that way, but oh my goodness, I, I it was pretty rampant for most of the at least the alcohol part was uh, pretty rampant back then. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I I I remember uh, our bass player Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. He he was a, a the, the king of the partiers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were at a a jam at UCLA, and um, we were all just so tanked, and <laughs> and we lost my buddy Jim, and he just took off, and the guy was built like a excuse my words, but a shit brick house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would and he would run, and you could he was like a bullet. And uh, anyway, we lost him, and uh, I ended up sleeping in a bush on the campus, and <laughs> and waited till I could see the footprints 
or not footprints. I could hear them walking right by my face going to college <laughs> and I'm going all oh, crap. So anyway, uh, we uh, got in the car, made a few calls and he was in jail and <laughs> we went bailed him out, but he never learned after that either. <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, in the bushes asleep. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the, but the feet woke me up. I'm surprised nobody stepped on my head. <laughs> Oh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the other thing that was about the baby boomers was rock and roll. Mm -hmm. That, when it, when it started uh, back in the 19, about the 1950s. Oh, know? yeah. And the interesting thing is some innovations that happened, you know, with the introduction of the 33 and a third RPM in 1949 by Columbia Records. And the reason why that is so important is because the slower that you play the record, the more songs you can get on the album. That's the reason. Oh. Yeah. 78 is much more clear. Purists will go for a 78. Wow. Yeah. And I it, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And the next year, RCA introduced the 45 vinyl record. That, huh. that became the, the future of singles. And I hate to say this, but I have a stack of them still. Well, man, you better hold on to them. Well, my wife says, get rid of this oh, stuff. You don't even... <laughs> no, you better hang on to those, or if anything, you better sell them. That and the full albums. I got plenty of those, too. Well, I, used yeah. to, I told you about what happened to my albums. No. Me and the wife must have had, I don't know, 100 albums plus. Mm -hmm. Just stacks of them. You know, I used to be on the road all the time. Yeah. And my son was in that phase of, you know, how they, they get on the records and they scratch him. You know, like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> She's go, he's looking for albums, right? And he says, uh, is there any albums that you don't want? And what does my wife do? Oh, you can have them all. Well, I'm gone. Does not ask no. me. Yes. You know how I take care of stuff. Okay? Oh, yeah. And they were just clean. Oh, my goodness. All gone. Mm -hmm. All gone. Oh, yeah. And he won't give them back. He, has, he still has them. Not all of them, but he has some, and he won't give them back. So I have to go to his house to visit my album. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mine are hidden away, so nobody throws them out. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but I have yeah. some of the uh, early Beatles, too. Oh, yeah, I have. Let me see. I think I've got uh, about 10 Beatles albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, get this. See, my... Meet the Beatles, I think I got one of them. And, uh, yeah, that's oh, an That's the one I'm looking for. Oh, really? Yes, Meet the Beatles. You lucky dog, you. Uh, yeah, they're mm. probably all warped now sitting in the garage in that cupboard. So. <laughs> <laughs> Albums were big back then, and the part of it was not only the cover, but some of the stuff they put inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember, like, some of them had books like the Magical Mystery Tour and, you know, Sergeant Peppers. You know, yep. they'd have, like, you open them up and they have little books in there. And the thing was that the White Album that my wife had. Yeah, that's a great album. Right. Had four pictures in them. But two were John. Oh, really? Yes. So they huh. messed up. They messed up and put two Johns. And I think it was George Harrison that wasn't in that. But yeah, they oh, put really? two Johns. Yeah, they put two Johns in there. Uh, Paul and uh, Ringo. And I said, you know what? You should give that one back. My son goes, nope, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to slap that boy in the head. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> can't. His wife gave it to him. <laughs> oh, and get this here. Considered the first rock and roll song to ever be released, The Fat Man by Fats Domino. Recorded in 19, December 10th, 1949. Twist and Shout? No, no, that came way later. This is called The Fat Man. Oh, 
Oh, the really? The song is The Fat Man, and that is considered to be the first rock and roll song released December 10th, 1949, get this, by Imperial Records just before Christmas major release was in January 1950. Wow. And this, get that, this, this I did not know because this helped to find an entire generation of the 50s with like Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Bo, Bo Diddley, and it helped influence like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, what, Bob Seger, Ted Nugent, all of these guys. Mm-hmm. Fat Domino sold 65 million records in the 50s. Wow. The only rock and roller pioneer to exceed that was Elvis. Really? Yes. He was the one. He wow. was the one who started it. Uh, DJ, uh, the DJ Alan Freed named this particular type of music called rock and roll in July 12, 1951. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, rock and roll is to be an urban uh, slang for I'm going to dance and get lucky tonight. <laughs> first, <laughs> first, I'll be rocking, then I'll be rolling. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that one either. Yeah. Little Little Richard's first release record was uh, November 12th, right, 1952. I love Little Richard. I yeah. think, he, oh, he was just my, and my parents would listen to Little Richard. They loved him too. But, oh, yeah, he was, he was quite something. All right, the, the first rock and roll record to actually reach the uh, top 20 was Bill Haley and the Comets. Crazy man, <laughs> crazy. Reached number uh, 12 on November 13, 1953. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how influential rock and roll music was, is that the U.S. Congress considered legislation that would require song lyrics to be screened by a review committee before sale. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, that, get this, rock and roll accounts for 43% of all records sold by the end of the 50s. Wow. How about the Beach Party movies? Oh, yeah. Oh. Frankie Avalon yeah. and... Yes. Annette mm-hmm. Fanocello. Net yeah, <laughs> yeah, and oh, and how many? And, and that's another thing we're going to go over. She was movies. a musketeer, I believe. Yes, you were correct. She was. Yeah, you were absolutely <laughs> correct. That's going to be another episode. We're going to go over the movies of the fifties and sixties because I'll tell you what, there were some pretty bad ones back then. <laughs> yeah, oh, a lot of horror films too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have uh, events that happened during that time, right? Like in 1960, Elvis appears on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, yeah. You remember 64 that? 64 was the Beatles, I believe. You're absolutely right. They ended yeah. in New York in America in 1964. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we ran around the block to our neighbor's house yeah. to watch it because she had a TV with color. Oh. And the only thing that was in color was the the picture of the Beatles and I remember it vividly and there were like four stars and their faces are in the stars blue and then that yellow circles and then that we're saying oh great and then it comes on to Ed Sullivan it's black and white <laughs> so <laughs> could have done that at home <laughs> the surf music was big in 1963 mm-hmm. remember that ruled the waves right the Beach Boys Jan and Dean yep and then uh, the Monterey Pop Festival Happened in 1967. That was a big, the big one. And then the same year, the Beatles released Sgt. Peppers. Wow. Cream issues two albums. Remember Cream? Oh yeah. Oh, they were they. I had I had their albums. Now my son has them. Now was that in the White Room with? Black oh yeah, Cream? White Room. Yeah. Okay. White Room. Yeah. Badge. Sunshine of Your Love. Crossroads. All of them yep. awesome songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did musicians too? Yeah. At that they, point. Well, they were awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Eric Clapton. Oh yeah, that was awesome. How about how about the monkeys? You remember the monkeys? Oh, love the monkeys. I watched them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 1966. Yeah. Uh, what, was wow. that, what was that story? Who tried out for the monkeys? Charles Manson. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Things would have been yeah. different then, huh? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Peter Tork. Yeah. Mickey Dolan. Dolan. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Davy. Davy. Davy uh, Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. Is that it? Michael well, Nesmith. Yes. Now you got it. Yeah. Of course, 1969 was Woodstock. Oh, yeah. That was big. And, yep. But more importantly, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention release her first album, were only in it for the money, 1968. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had their albums. I thought they were, they were unique. They're unique. I never cared for them, but yes, you're right. They're, they were unique. <laughs> Watch out where the Huskies go, and don't you eat that yellow snow. Great song by Frank Zappa, the Mother's yeah. Invention. Oh, see, I, w- I would have never thought that you would be into him. Oh man, you you won't know the albums that I had. I had weird ones. <laughs> Black Sabbath, yeah. Black Sabbath, great oh, yeah. album. I mean, I used to, and I had all their albums. And I got his book, and he signed it for me. Oh, oh, you, oh, you met him, huh? Yeah, huh. yeah, it was one of those signings over here. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah, stood in line and uh, yeah, just uh, went up and talked to him a little bit and mm-hmm. had him sign it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he just seems like a real, real laid back guy. Real laid back, either that or I think his brain is just working on uh, second gear still. <laughs> well, the only thing I could say is what saved him was his wife. Yeah. All yeah. Right. She just, she was a gem. She, she ended up saving him. There's no yep, doubt in I- my mind. Yep, she put up with it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah brought him was, a lot, yeah, both a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> she playing that for my kids. They started saying, "Man, we better hear what else Dad has." Really got into the old music. I mean, my 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 son, the musician, uh-huh. loves Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And then uh, my oldest son, he really loves the Doors. He just thinks they are awesome. Really? Yep. Huh. And I think they were awesome too. I know you're not a big Doors fan, probably because they no. don't have they don't have too many guitars in there. Yeah, I am telling you, when you really look at that band and you notice there's only four guys and Jim Morrison is the lead and he doesn't play an instrument, you got to remember there's no bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. The bass is played by the by the keyboard player on a separate keyboard. Really? Yeah, the guy was awesome. Wow. Uh, Who Rick- is his guitar player? Um. Because I met him at a golf tournament. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Was he pretty cool, too? It, uh, he was He was old. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those celebrity deals that he, he uh, you know, I got his autograph and, and you know, told him. And he just was kind of, like, out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Another one out of it, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that was a lot of partying for him. <laughs> <laughs> Who else have you met? Lots what? of them. Uh you mean as far as the music industry? Yeah, just to me. I know you've you've done a lot of other things too, but I mean, just yeah, the music industry. Who else have you met? Gosh, um, I can't think of uh, many more. You I know, I've you... seen seen a lot of concerts, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, um, I know you met Gene Simmons. I think. I think you said you met Gene Simmons. That's right at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, and very, uh, he looked straight in the air, and I'd say I'm a big fan. And and he looked, and he just said, "Thank you." <laughs> go, oh, okay. 
and that's what I did later on too. In the uh, when we were waiting to get on a plane, uh, uh, all of a sudden this little girl comes up. I think I brought this up before, and she said, um, "Hey, will you take a picture of me?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. Give me a camera." And so she runs over, and it's Gene Simmons. <laughs> and uh, so I go, oh, "Okay, cool." So I get up there and take a picture of her and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Gene Simmons, and and he he kind of smiled and shook his head, and I gave it to her and. Uh, she goes, he asked if you, you want a picture with him. I go, nah, <laughs> I think I'll back out on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was pretty cool. To, yeah. cool. Cool to meet him and mm-hmm. uh, shook, shook Kenny Loggins hand uh, at a concert. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, that was, uh, that was nothing big, but uh, yeah. Yeah. He was hitting on my wife, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, you, I think him you saw- and, the, and who's the guitar player or not the guitar, the piano player for sticks. Oh really? What's what's I can't think of his name, but he's giving my wife the eye too. Um, mm. God, I can't think of it right now. But mm-hmm. uh, I think kind of a squirrely guy. You've seen, I think, Alice Cooper in concert. Yeah. How was yeah. that? Yeah, unbelievable. It was just uh, just fantastic. It was in the earlier years, and it was um, I think it was the Welcome to My Nightmare album. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, he did just total theatrical guy and uh, did all kinds of uh stunts you know where that you know the head would fall and he'd h- walk around with the head in his hand <laughs> and i think i told you the story about him and my brother mm-hmm. before he got big he uh he used to drive the band all all to uh to the to the palladium i think it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh because he was driving and then uh he and the the rest of the band but alice didn't didn't party with them he'd just go to his room and had a bathtub full of beer mm-hmm. and my brother went out and did drugs with the rest. <laughs> so yeah. So he was it's pretty a, mild guy then. I mean, uh, for, compared oh, yeah. to, to compared to his persona of the, that wild type of Alice Cooper, you know, you would think that he would be a big druggie, but he wasn't. No, no, and very intelligent. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's wow. uh, pretty wow. pretty straight. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. yeah, pretty crazy. I, I only gone to one concert in my entire life. I know you've probably gone to a ton of them. Yeah. All right. Quite a few. Quite yeah, a few. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason why I went was to impress my wife. Then I was dating her. Okay. And she loved Pink Floyd. So I took her to the Pink Floyd concert when they played in the uh, uh, LA sports arena. They were awesome. Really? I swear to you, it sounded like wow. they were playing the album. They were unbelievable. Just. And what was what was their biggest song that they got the Well uh, they did the entire Dark Side of the Moon. Wow. I wow. mean from start to finish. Wow. They were unbelievable. And the special effects, oh my goodness. They, oh yeah. They were just I I, I can't describe it. And there's yeah. one point where they're having that in that album just before uh, uh time, before the alarm clock, they have that like big explosion. You know, in the album, it's and yeah, then it starts. Yeah. You hear, and then you start hearing the clock. Mm-hmm. What happens was that that explosion. It's a huge airplane coming out of the back of the sports arena, right under the screen. They have a big round screen, and it just goes fl- flames go up. It, oh wow! Uh, oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! And, uh, oh, that's great. But that's, that's it. Great. My wife, my wife's seen a lot more than I have because she. Like she saw the Beatles in Las Vegas when they played Las wow. Vegas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 The Rolling Stones. Yeah. And I the, saw the Rick Who. Wakeman. I 
love Rick Wakeman. Yeah. All right. I mean, I had all his albums. To me, that was just the kind of music that it was a journey to the center of the earth. Yep. That was a yeah. great one. War of the Worlds. Yes. The Six Wives of Henry VIII. Ooh, not familiar with that one. Oh, yeah. And then they also had the uh, King Arthur and the Knights wow. of the Round Table. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I had all of them. Wow. Wow. <laughs> not um, anymore. I can't even visit them because I think my son screwed them up. <laughs> But I am telling you, music back in the 60s and 70s were quite something. Very experimental, all right? And probably because they were were, uh, drugged up pretty good. Yeah. And Sammy Hager, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he is, he puts on a hell of a concert. Oh, God, speaking of him, Mm -hmm. I've seen him on the Joe Rogan show. Oh, uh uh-huh. The dude's a little older than I am, and that guy's got more energy. I mean, he could... He's got so much energy, he could power a small city. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I can't believe he, how that guy. And we, when you see him in concert, mm-hmm. it's a long concert, but it goes by so quick. He, uh, Yeah, he just keeps going. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. He is unbelievable. I, yeah. I have just, I am floored to see him. I mean, when he was talking with Joe Rogan, I'm going mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, this guy. I mean, you know, I. I'm getting tired watching him. Yeah. And his bass player, I met him over at Ganal Lumber, <laughs> the Costa Mesa store. Who, who did you want me? The bass player of Sammy oh, Hagar. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, he comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, and I saw, I saw him and, uh, mm-hmm. and he was just trying to do a job. He was looking for some Thompson's water seal, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of waved him over and I said, I don't want a whole bunch of people coming in he's a little guy too mm-hmm. and I, I go so you're watching around scene and, of my and eye I, then <laughs> oh yeah yeah i did <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and i said can we go in an aisle maybe and uh, you can sign an autograph and he goes sure sure but don't don't make a big attention and i go oh okay cool so yeah yeah he's uh he was pretty cool about it and uh then checked out and just walked out of there and mm-hmm. and there was a show as you know outside of the store and mm-hmm. that's where i was working mm-hmm. and uh and he just walked through nobody recognized him yeah. he just crawled up in that big truck and uh took off but wow. uh yeah he was a very nice guy wow. very nice guy wow how about um you've seen i think you told me one time emerson lake and palmer yes i had all only their, once i had all their albums too yeah and they they put on a heck of a show just a heck of a show yeah Oh, yeah. And and that's uh, the uh, the drummer was incredible. I, I mean, ah, uh, yeah, that was a. They were just just a hell of a group. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the yeah. uh, Carnival Nine. Tarkus, oh yeah, Tarkus. Oh all yeah, of those, all of those albums. I had all those albums. Amazing group. I mean, this is and the, I, the type and I'm of music. ashamed. I'm ashamed to say I can't remember the drummer's name. Um, mm-hmm. but he just was uh just absolutely incredible. Just incredible. Did I say that enough? Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Let me throw in one more incredible, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, I, I listen to a wide range of music. Uh, Van Morrison was another one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. My wife and uh, our song is the uh, Moon Dance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great song by Van Morrison. Yeah. 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 That was that was good, and like I said, she saw the Who and all of that, uh, all those big bands back then. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see the Who. That was that was fantastic. Wow! And of course, the Dewey Brothers. I saw them so many times. I was going to say you're a big incredible. Dewey Brothers fan. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one of my faves. 
and they're still playing out here. They're coming coming back to the forum, and um, and I think they're all seventies and eighties. But they, yeah. Michael McDonald's <laughs> out there; his hair is all white, and yeah, they they, <laughs> they do a great job. I was gonna say they're gonna take up all the handicap spots, huh? Exactly. <laughs> 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 that's same with the rolling stones all those groups man oh yeah you know, oh, they're yeah. still performing who's the other one that's still performing paul mccartney and ringo Starr. yeah yeah uh, i know paul mccartney just turned 80 you know did he really yeah gosh <laughs> yeah and i a buddy of mine got married and he took uh all the people in his wedding mm -hmm. to see him and it was an incredible concert wow that was years and years and years ago but yeah mm. he, it was he was just awesome just awesome oh and wow. put on just a wonderful show too mm -hmm. wow yeah that was a good one that was a real good one yeah the uh i will tell you this i mean ringo Starr was born in 1940 really <laughs> yeah so he's even <laughs> older than paul mccartney <laughs> yeah yeah he was the oldest of the bunch i think wasn't he? yes he was john lennon and ringo Starr were both born in 1940. wow Paul McCartney was born in 42 and George Harrison in 43. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But so Harrison think, was the young guy of the bunch, huh? Was, yeah. But you can say they were all born before me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Not far, though, Padre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hanging in there. Yeah. And they're still performing. I think it's good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like, uh, what was his name? Keith Richards? Yeah. <laughs> like the dude's the best dressed cadaver. He just doesn't know he's dead yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell my daughter about the stuff we used to eat as baby boomers. There's so much preservatives in it. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i be dead and I won't know it. Well, you know, the, the funny thing, I mean, we're skeptical everyone is today, right? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You can blame that on the baby boomers as well. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Do you remember the saying in the 1960s, never trust anyone over 30? <laughs> yeah right right and then i was i'd always tell him I, I used to say well wait a minute if we're lucky we'll be over 30. does that mean we don't yeah. trust ourselves <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will say this i am very glad that uh, i grew up during that time because it was a time that uh, everything moved so fast look at the oh yeah. Uh, yeah just look at the technology that we have witnessed since the time that we were kids to now yeah that's that's incredible mm -hmm. it's it... but you know what uh, cotton it's probably about time we bring this one to an end buddy sounds like a winner all right my man you take it easy okay nos vemos después we'd like to thank you for listening and would like to leave you with this quote if you remember the 60s you weren't there until next time may god bless <laughs>